0: Patrick Pitts from the Carl Footy Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Dane Zorka here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Henderson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Roy Sloane here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Maxwell all Melbourne Football Club. This is Matt Five from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, friends. It's MJ from the Coaches Panel. What a weird weekend of football we had. We saw some... Real interesting games, and some low quality football at times, and now for at least two months there will be no real time week to week football to talk about. And there is a whole ton of, ton of stuff though we can learn and reflect between now and we get to round two. This is our roundup review that normally is for Patreons only, who are who are getting this a little bit early, but we thought we'd let this uh, go out and about to the public as well. Don't you worry, there's still plenty of content coming from the coaches panel in this paused period of the preseason. And at the end, I'll tell you about something special that our Patreons that are hanging around, they will get this exclusive content as well, uh, additionally, to get you through. Let's cast our mind back to the first game of the year. The Tigers taken on the Carlton Footy Club. And really, no dream team or AFL fantasy tons to speak of. And it was the trend for the most part across the weekend where we saw the majority of our premiums scoring well below. There are multiple factors for that. And we'll talk throughout it throughout the weekend. But one of them certainly was the limited game time. The other was, was a lack of intensity in as a generalization uh, across how players were cracking in. We saw tackles um, lower across the majority of the games. Um, you know, you look at through some of them, even just Carlton, uh, they're players that, you know, barely got tackles, if any, um, for half of their team. Um, and we just saw players being a little more conservative, knowing that they were either A, not playing for a number of months, or B, preparing to play multiple games in quick succession. And that were some of the factors behind the Dream Team and AFL Fantasy low scores. When we look across the Richmond Footy Club, just the four super Coach tons to talk about, Dustin Martin, Dion Prestia, Shy Bolton, and Ivan Soldo. Uh, he continued on the trend that we knew we were going to be seeing um, across the rest of the weekend, and that is our Rucks scoring very, very well, regardless of their price point. And we'll talk about what you should be doing with that as we move into the rest of the round. Nick Vlosten caught a little bit of a nasty knock, but probably the first of a number of guys that coaches were bullish on in the preseason delivering poor scores was that of Tom Lynch, just the 22 in Dream Team and Fantasy, 55 in Coach, really delivering a frustrating score for coaches in Supercoach. Uh, a real quick pivot, uh, given you've now got, God willing, we get to a second and third footy round Given you've got pretty much two trades a week through that format, you're now using it. Very similar format of of and mindset of aggressive trading. This is what you see in AFL fantasy. And so you've got him there as a stepping stone. He's not going to deliver that for you. You might have other priorities. But moving on to another guy in a similar price range, whether that be a Segler, whether that be a Petrarca, whether that be uh, even a little bit lower like a Buley or a Bailey Smith is certainly something for you to factor in through there. Um, While from a Carlton perspective, it was great to see Sam Doherty getting plenty of the ball. He was the top... Blues player on the ground from a dream team, an AFL fantasy and super coach perspective, You got a ton through there high 90s across the formats similar numbers across the way for Crips, Kaz Bolt, uh, who moved into the ruck with the injury uh, long term to Matty Cruiser and Jack Martin, on that with the injury for Matthew Cruiser, it does bode well for those looking to uh, get another insurance option in the rucks with Mark Pitonet um, should we get more than a two month break, he'll be able to ease Easily able to move into our ruck lines. And it means what you could look to do with a little more confidence is go down to a Sam Naismith at R2, more likely in Super Coach, um, but definitely an option in the other formats as well. Um, where now you've got an option, should he not deliver for you in a second week, you've got that insurance of another player around that price point, meaning you're not having to break structure too much. Um, You know, Ton in Supercoach for Sam Seaton, Jacob Wietering did a great job on Tom Lynch. That was one of the prime reasons for his poor score was he was just really well held down. And what we saw this week, Um, it was something that we need to talk into as we head to the Friday night match, and that is we saw coaches in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team being a little bit more conservative and taking 90 as the new 110. And while I understand that, and it is in part dependent on the matchups that come through your captaincy options with a smaller and shortened season, um, conservative moves are not going to win it for you this year. It doesn't win it for you any year, to be honest. But this year, more than ever before, you are going to need to be aggressive with your movements. And we had um, multiple good matchups across this week. If you had Brody Grundy, he was always going to score well against Tim English. Yes, I know his round one history isn't great, but his history against the Bulldogs is sensational. And so if you had Grundy, you shouldn't have been taking a Doherty um or a Crips uh, vice-captaincy score. I understand it a little bit more of Dusty and Supercoach with a 126. That's generally around about the threshold anyway, but in, in no other format should you have been going, yep, I- I'm locking in any score I got from this game. You must be aggressive in this round. If you're choosing not to be, you will not win it this year, no matter who you are. When we head to that game, it was Brody Grundy who was dominant, a 179 in Supercoach, the 114 in Dream Team and Fantasy. We saw him dominate the game across, and it was majority going to happen. Um, But what we did get highlighted yet again in this game was that the ruck weighting of points in Supercoach was so heavily skewed towards our rucks. And it's why when we get to a guy like a Segler to talk into, we're seeing um, these dual position rucks, being the lead rucks is so key to our side and even guys getting limited ruck time but the relief rucks are going to score well for us as a ruck forward they are going to help us as the year goes on steel side bottom and taylor adams one of only a few midfielders that turned up across all formats in the game and jeremy how really a great stepping stone for us this week um got nine marks you know um 25 possession game, which was pretty handy from him. What's key in this, though, is a lot of people are going to jump to him, and understandably so, because he is underpriced. Um, But Richmond, um, it's not sorry, Richmond, the Bulldogs often do give up a lot of transition footy points anyway. Richmond are very, very similar. We saw that with the Carlton back scoring relatively well. So always looking at the trends that we saw over last year, we've seen them in part in a small sample size. Um, flow on in that for us, so that's something for us to consider. Tyler Brown played well, debuted, and uh, he looks like um you know barring um injuries, um he should be getting a good crack at uh, the game. John Noble was solid without being spectacular. Without um, given his price point for us too, from a Collingwood Footy Club perspective, uh, from the Western Bulldogs, three tons in this game in Supercoach Crozier, McRae and Bailey Smith. He looked fantastic. He was one of the few players that was really cracking in hard around the ball, and you know full credit to him for all the great work he did in this game. Jack McRae, um, not a bad score from him given his um, you know, ability to get in and around the game, and they just got smashed, um, by the. Collingwood, not just at the hitouts, but side bottoms, Adams, um, Pendlebury, um, all were just dominant players through the game. And so I, I wouldn't be too concerned both about McRae, but also about Josh Dunkley. Um, I'd understand if you're going to quickly pivot away from him because you want to go and use a cash generation. I understand that only to go get him back. Um, but it's not a high priority trade. He had the role through the midfield. Um, it was just they were just not getting hands on the ball. Um, And so that's a really key part of it. And it was very, very similar for Marcus Bontempelli. They just were beaten up through the midfield. That is why they had such a low score through that game. Bailey Williams, very similar to John Noble. is a semi-popular stepping stone sort of player. He was okay without being spectacular. Um, He did do some nice things. And the shortened quarters certainly didn't help him. But in terms of points per minute, he was delivering us exactly what we needed. Heading uh, over to Marvel Stadium for the Saturday afternoon game. The Dockers getting it done almost against Essendon. And it was Rory Lobb who really dominated that role through the ruck. And we see that um, when he's um, given good opportunities through there, he does great things. Even though Sean Darcy got more hit outs, Lobb was the much more dominant player up forward for them, um, along with Sturt. Um, but he also looked like a presence around the ground. On the topic of Sturt, he looks like in Supercoach, you must get him if you don't this week. That 100, he's got a phenomenal break even. He's the one you want to go after and get. And so absolutely make Sam Sturt a priority trade, whether that be via a Tom Lynch in Supercoach, whether it be another failed stepping stone that you've got. Cash generation is key at this point in the year. And if you don't have Sturt, he's not going to do that for you every single week but It's 100 that you're going to go to take. you absolutely got to go and look and doing that. Uh, Michael Walters turned up across that format for us as well. While Brett Bewley or Booley or however you want to choose to say it that just butchers his name. Again, really nice move from us uh, as a stepping stone. I don't think he's a must-have move for you, but as a a stepping stone option, if you've got nothing much else to do, um, then he's not a bad option to consider. What was most disappointing probably from a Fremantle perspective was highly popular touted breakout candidate Andrew Brayshaw just had such a low time on ground in this game and part of that was they just left Fife and Walters with high time on ground in this game Um, and they took really two of the three midfielder roles um, predominantly in this game and it meant guys like um, Tucker, Buley, Um, Brayshaw and Cherrett didn't get as much time in the guts because Fife and Walters owned it with the shortened game time. And while some teams didn't go with that approach, they still went for a similar game split. Fremantle went a bit of a different, unique approach where they kept their primary two midfielders in a shortened game time. They kept them in the guts for longer. Now, whether or not that continues once we get games, Interesting. It will be something to watch. But for me, that's just a, a caveat to keep an eye on. But again, look, about 50% of coaches across all formats owned Andrew Brayshaw. So um, you really gained not a lot um, if you didn't have him. And if you did have him, look, it's not the end of the world. From an Essendon footy club perspective, just the two players turning up across the formats, Adam Saad would have been a nice little option. They still love getting the ball in his hands. And if he's there in your draft... Um, probably not worth using a waiver wire pickup on him, given there's eight weeks of footy that we're missing at a minimum, but if he's still sitting there, certainly jump in there, go and pick him up, while Dylan Schill reveled. He was, again, one of the few players this week that we really see or absolutely crack in 100% of the time. And that resulted in a 122 in Dream Team and Fantasy and a 163 in Super Coach. Using that aerobic capacity you get to contest, to contest, to contest. Other players to turn up across the format, Zach Merritt, Jordan Ridley um, and Andrew McGrath, all got a Super Coach ton, as did a Devin Smith. A little bit more underwhelming in his AFL Fantasy and Dream Team score. Or Jacob Townsend, again, got a 99 in Super Coach. You're not going to get that from him every week. He really slowed his scoring um, after halftime that is because he got you know three early goals in the game and was crucial to setting up the and victory and we are seeing a, a little bit of a, a disproportionate weighting, so to speak um, in Supercoach because um, where they're choosing to wait the important parts of the game we know that that's how they're going to um, tailor the scoring And so I wouldn't bank on that sort of three-goal return from Townsend every single week. But look, if you're on him, well done in Dream Team and Supercoat uh, and Fantasy. He gave you a little bit of cash generation, but he's just not somebody I'd be looking forward to or or really choosing to chase after um, unless I was already owning him. We head to Adelaide Oval, and it was a, a, one of the closer games of the round. Should Tex Walker have kicked straight from 55+, plus, which he's normally pretty good at, it would have been a different result. But it was a dominant performance from the Sydney midfield for most of the game, especially from the second quarter onwards. Luke Parker, huge in this game. 30 touches, 13 contested possessions, 12 clearances, and a 125 in Supercoach. 113 in Dream Team and Fantasy he's the kind of guy that look he's probably draft relevant I don't mind him as a salary cap option I'm not sold that he's going to be a, a top 8 top 10 guy um, just at this point so yep look Happy with what you would have got from him. Similar with Josh Kennedy, a 129 in Supercoach. Sam Naismith was delivering exactly what coaches would have wanted. A 78 in Dream Team in AFL Fantasy. That's a huge win, given what you're paying for him. And even bigger in Supercoach with that 121. Florent was good in that format too. He was really influential in plenty of contests. Same with James Robottom. Well, nothing spectacular and probably a guy that people would be looking to move on to, whether it be a Buley. Um, or another stepping stone, uh, maybe it's a sturt. He's the way you're going to get there. Um, he's looked like he got a good midfield role, just didn't get his hands on the ball a whole heap. While Jordan Dawson was a little underwhelming, um, but probably delivered kind of what I expected, to be fair. From an Adelaide perspective, um, not a great game from their football club. They had a, a pretty reasonable first term, and then that was it. Supercoach tons, though, to Riley O'Brien, like every other ruck in this game. Rory Sloan tried to will his team over the line in his 200th. He got you a 123 in that format, while Tom Lynch probably draft relevant in Supercoach with the 113. Brad Crouch was okay in Supercoach as one. Wayne Millerer. but no crow in dream team or fantasy scored over 80 and that was because they got absolutely pounded um, in the game through the midfield their guys got nowhere near it when they did though it was when guys like chase jones started to get more opportunities through the midfield um, in that latter term i didn't mind the game of billy frampton early um, but uh, I don't think he's a must-have cash cow. Um, Brody Smith's score was severely impacted with a heavy hit he got. He pretty much spent the entirety of the third quarter off after a pretty heavy chest knock um, into the mid to late second part of the second quarter. He returned in the fourth, but, um, you know, was playing more, probably a similar role to what we've seen Lockie Whitfield play of late, which is a... High half forward pushing up the ground and then bringing the ball inside forward 50. So there is a level of concern around that for coaches. Um, the big caveat is he missed an entire part of the game, um, you know, for more than a quarter of the game. And so that's a big reason for the impact. While Bryce Gibbs was, was pretty putrid in this game, um, if you own him in a draft league, you're not going to get any value for him now. Um, if you drop him to the pool, you're not going to get anything. Um, you might as well just stash him on the bench. He was yuck. Um, safe to be said, just turned the ball over um, a couple of times in really crucial contests. Uh, couldn't defend. D- didn't have great space. Um, unfortunately, this you know, former number one draft pick that was an elite player at Carlton has um, really struggled pretty much in the past 18 months at Adelaide. When we head to the GWS versus the Gats game, um, it was really, really a a great contest. Um, Early and GWS Giants were dominant. So many of their players turned up in Supercoach. Whitfield, Lloyd, Cornelio, Jacobs, Kelly, Green, Haynes, Perryman and Hopper all got tons across the formats. But as we saw a trend across most of the games, a, a lower ceiling of scoring from our premium midfielders. Um, And both Kelly and Cornelio, who are popular options, um, really struggled in Dream Team and AFL Fantasy to go through those points. Uh, Again, it's not a huge concern, but something to be aware of. Um, I didn't mind the game from Sam Jacobs. Uh, again, was up against Darcy Fort, so a low-quality ruck from a Geelong perspective, but a, a fantastic score from him. And again, value rucks delivered supremely for us this week outside of Brody Grundy. And if you had him, well done. While Matt DeBoer, he did the job on Patrick Dangerfield. We talked about him a lot in the preseason, that he's a premium destroyer of our players. And uh, with the shortened price cycles in Dream Team and Super Coach, you don't want to be getting these guys knowing he's coming uh, into your buy-around. Again, we talked about Bontempele getting him twice this year. That's not happening with the shortened buy-around. But you do not want a premium midfielder with Matt DeBoer in the opposition. And we saw that score destroyed of Patrick Dangerfield. The 40 in Dream Team and Fantasy and 83 in Super Coach. even with the scaling well below what he normally would deliver on average so as such put patrick dangerfield certainly is an upgrade target now in rounds four and five um, because that is going to sit in that price cycle um, only for two weeks, but it's going to slow him down a little bit. From a Geelong perspective, 89 was their top scoring player in Dream Team and Fantasy, shared by Duncan and also Gary Ablett. While they did have three players turn up in Super Coach, Tom Stewart, a nice unique in that back line. Tommy Hawkins got on the end of a couple of sausage rolls and did nicely. And Mitchie Duncan, top scorer for them with a 120. The interesting thing was to see Darcy Fort. Um, A forward-eligible player for us, get a 94 in that format. If he's going to retain that forward eligibility and play as a number one ruck, he looks like a really great value option in our forward lines. Segler's going to be the same. We said it right at the top of this episode, is we're looking for guys... Who are getting what is in Supercoach, even in shortened games, these heavily weighted points per minutes, and we know hitouts to advantage. And Geelong have a sensational midfield with Selwood, Duncan, um, Ablett still getting the occasional moment through there. Dangerfield, Narkel. they've got great ball winners through there. Those hitouts to advantage for Darcy Fort are gonna help you. He's very, very relevant in a Super Coach draft. Go get him. Um, one player probably forgot to talk about, was Tom Green. Look, he, he was okay in this game, you know, low game time in contrast to what others were doing. But um, look, he, he's going to be there and thereabouts. The thing is, Timmy Taranto's probably going to get pretty close to returning by the time they're back. And so that will just be something to factor in. I still think he's inside their best 22. Um, we saw guys like a Jackson Hatley not get picked, but that's going to impact what we get from him. How much? We just don't know head up to the Gold Coast, um, and they just got belted by Port Adelaide. Absolutely belted. Took Miller and Hugh Greenwood, the only super coach tons uh, for the Gold Coast Suns, and it's exactly what we're going to expect from the splits of Hugh Greenwood. High super coach numbers, moderate numbers in Dream Team and Fantasy. I don't think he's relevant in that format, uh, but super coach he absolutely is. Ben Ainsworth, I liked his game. Um, really strong with the 93 in Super Coach, 74 in Dream Team and Fantasy. Um, minimal midfield time. I don't think, in fact, he got any centre bounce attendances. But he's just such a crafty player inside forward 50 and pushes up the ground. I really like what I saw from him. And Matty Rao. It's exactly what you want from him every single week. 64 in Dream Team and Fantasy, 80 in Super Coach. Yep, they're not Sam Walsh numbers, but again. He's not playing the same sort of game time because of the limited quarters. He cracked in hard. He looked good. I loved what I saw from him. And then probably the biggest disappointment from a Gold Coast perspective um, was probably the basement scoring of Jared Witz. If you were looking to go unique, he was coming back off injury, so you probably shouldn't have been doing it. But in draft leagues, probably cost you a win, that's for sure. From a Port Adelaide perspective, their midfield was just really dominant through this game, no mistake about it. Brad Ebert, the only player to turn up across the formats. Who would have thought he was the Port Adelaide player to turn up across the formats? While well, we saw Supercoach tons uh, from Rocky, Darcy Byrne-Jones, Connor Rosie, Travis Boak, Ryan Burton, Robbie Gray, and Sam P- Pepper, They just dominated in this game. Gold Coast were not in this contest, and uh, we really got to... To be honest, not learn a heap about either of of these teams. Uh, Mitch Georgiatis was good in this game. Um, He presented well. He's got a really good break even now for us to be able to consider across the formats. Um, And again, if you're looking for a guy that's going to make you quick cash and cash generation is key at this point in time, then he's certainly one to really look at um, because he's got a good break even. Even though he's a little bit higher priced, he's not going to do that every week. He's not going to be um, soul through there with no Charlie Dixon playing, but look, he, he did some nice things across this game. Uh, and then as we head to the fr- uh, to the Sunday and the last final games we're going to get for a really long period of time, Ben Cunnington, wow we He was one of, again, we said it at the top of the episode, there was a handful of players that were really cracking in And were playing like their life depended on it. And Benny Cunnington was amazing in this game. Uh, 25 touches, 16 contested possessions. A monster 185 in supercoach. You probably didn't have him in that format outside of draft leagues, but he was massive. And a 117 in Dream Team and Fantasy Goldie was huge, as were many other rucks. And Jai Simpkin really liked what I saw from him in this game. Uh, I know a number of people that are through our Patreon army and others amongst the coaches panel community have been relatively hot on picking him. And you would have been happy with what you saw from him across all formats. Definitely worth picking up in a draft league. Just not worth using a waiver wire selection. Uh, the other probably big kangaroo of note to talk about was Curtis Taylor delivered exactly where we wanted him to be. Got on the end of one, a 79 in super coach, mid-40s in dream team and fantasy. Had a bit of a slow start, but look, you, you'll take that. He's generating cash. He's inside the best 22, no matter what. You've got to be pretty happy with that. And then there are a number of other injured players. I think it was at one point in the game where North Melbourne had Zeebel, Ahern, and Walker all on the bench injured. It's just a bit of a nasty game from an injury perspective. Let's talk about the Saints. Just the one dream team and fantasy ton for them to Lukey Dunstan. Well, they had a couple get the ton in. Super coach Jack Steele, Jack Billings, Zach Jones, uh, all went 110 plus or 120 plus in the Jacks version of the perspective and also ben long had a pretty nice score through there um seb ross uh, was a little underwhelming rowan marshall was solid without being spectacular in terms of his super coach numbers but that ruck sharing um is a a cause for concern in terms of limiting the scoring of both he and Ryder. and so certainly not something i'd be keen on max king was okay Um, but these are the sort of numbers you're going to get from a key forward um, he's very dependent on goals to his scoring. Even you know, with um three conversions on the scoreboard, two goals and a behind, he struggled to get to thirty in Dream Team and Fantasy. He struggled to get to forty in Super Coach. Really, really tough game, uh, and it's definitely not a cash cow you want on field. He's a slow, slow money maker. You just hope he gets a seventy and eighty here or there. Um, to be able to get on the board. Um, probably the biggest disappointment of the week was Dylan Robertson um, in terms of a price point, in terms of his scoring. Um, he, he's not making you any money. Uh, he's lost you money in AFL fantasy, and he really is going to be someone from now. Uh, you need to move away from him. Um, I don't think he's a certainty to be in their best 22. Um, moving forward, we got that good news story, and we needed it this weekend about his return. But I don't think moving forward... He's going to be a guy. If you've got him, and a lot of people do, move on. There's an option. There are options through there um, for you to be over to go and get. Hayden Young will be back if you're looking for a basement price cash cow. And there are plenty of other you know mid priced defenders to go and look. But look, Dylan Robertson. It's time to move. It didn't work. Yes, it might feel reactionary, but he's lost money now for your AFL know, fantasy. He's already lost you money. He's there to make money, and he's done that. And he's break-even in Dream Team and Supercoach. He's not making you money. It's time to move on. Cash generation is key at this point in the year, and he's not doing it. Move away from it. Let's head to the Hawks and the Lions game. Big win from the Hawks, and it was Chad Wingard. Dominant performance from him. Three goals, 20 touches, eight contested possessions, 131 in Supercoach, 100 in Dream Team and Fantasy perfect from him it's exactly what we want to see with him generating cash nicely for us an excellent game from him while super coach tons for Segler. surprise surprise Get him into your super coach side. And a 126 for Burgoyne, Bruce tund up. he's only draft relevant. Um, Omira Smith-Shields and Tom Mitchell, all getting big 110 plus tons across the formats. Tom Mitchell gave us exactly what we wanted um, in the weighting of the game. He gave us that 120 about score. A little bit under in Dream Team and Fantasy, but I think as his fitness base and confidence builds, he's only going to get better for us in every single game. Um, if you don't have him in Dream Team, I still don't think he's a must-have for you through there just yet. Um, you'll be able to get him cheaper a little bit later on. He did some really, really nice things. No other Hawks, really, to talk about, is there? Sicily uh, was okay without being spectacular. He was okay. Uh, From a Brisbane perspective, it was dominant uh, from Lockie Neal. 10 tackles, 26 possessions, 16 of them contested, even got on the end of a couple. Goal-scoring midfielders uh, are so crucial in this shortened season. 157 in Supercoach, 108 in Dream Team and Fantasy. The Hawks didn't really put a tag on him and all, and he got to work, and he did some nice things. He's a really great option when he's not going to get tagged. We saw um, Harris Andrews convert nicely as a unique option for you in Supercoach. Jared Lions, he's a great unique option for you, well done if you picked on him Alex Witherden was a bit underwhelming, some uh, jumped on him in daily fantasy with the news um, of Grant Birchall out uh, with a, I think it was a soft tissue based injury, but he was disappointing uh, for us yet again, while suitcase um, Hugh McCluggage got you an 85 in SuperCoach, he was okay showed some really good signs, but again shortened game times, lack of intent at parts during the game um, really did stunt his scoring. While Devin Robertson um, was not too bad um, if you moved him in as a, a cash cow. The fact, though, that he didn't get name round one means he's not guaranteed best 22. That might change as the year goes on. But again, um, not much to talk about there. The injury to Steph Martin would normally be a cause for concern. But again, with such a long gap gap of games between now and then, nothing really to freak out. While Brandon Stasevich, You know he's going to bubble away and make you a little bit of cash on the bench. Nothing spectacular but that's pretty much what you'd say about most of our cash cows when it came to this week. To wrap up the round and the teams knew it by then West Coast Eagles and the Melbourne Footy Club the last game of footy we get to see for a long period of time and again, not a heap of players going um, hell to leather there were a few, but not a heap of them. Jack Viney was certainly one of them and if you jumped on him well done. 20 contested possessions 34 touches 6 tackles 5 marks a beast of a game from him the top scoring dream team and AFL f- fantasy player for the round huge 186 in SuperCoach. he was a beast if you had him well done Ed Langdon tunned up across the formats, a nice popular guy through drafts. Petrarca did exactly what we needed and exactly what we hoped. Uh, 11 contested possessions, tunned up in Supercoach. Got you the 90 in Dream Team and Fantasy. While Michael Hibbert, not a bad little sneaky pickup off the waiver wire for you through there. Clayton Oliver, 99 in Supercoach. Just be careful uh, unless the fixture changes. He's got Matt DeBoer next week. So just be concerned about that. Angus Brayshaw was okay. While Max Scorn just got beaten, um, safe to say, um, by Nick Natanui and the hitouts to advantage. You know, it was very, very even in terms of hitout numbers across the players, but uh, the hitouts to advantage really did damage his scoring, and uh, it would be interesting to see if coaches trade him out to a Sam Jacobs or a Naismith or even a Segler. Um, again, purely for cash generation. He looks like he's going to be a great option for us this year. Again, it's his first game coming back from injury. He'll be better and stronger when we get to round two. But it'll be interesting to see if that's strategy coaches choose to undertake. Uh, while cash cows in Tom Bedford, or Toby Bedford, should I say, and Kaziah Pickett did okay. Kaziah Pickett was probably better than many had expected in contrast to what we saw from other cash generation options through there. From a West Coast perspective, they were dominant through this game, and we saw that impact for most of their big-name players, probably with the exception of Elliot Yo, uh, under 60 across the format. Um, Nick Natanui, probably unders what we'd hoped in Dream Team and Fantasy, but a flat 100 in Supercoach is exactly what we saw the trend and anticipated him to score for us this year. They got some big super coach tons though from Liam Ryan and Lewis Jetta. Don't expect those every single week. Similar with Dom Sheed, a couple of goals. Um, and I can hear Fox from here saying, get on board. Um, maybe not, but a 128 in Coach and a 93 in Dream Team and Fantasy. 10 contested possessions, 2 goals. Not a bad all-round game from him. While Shannon Hearn just rebounded everything and intercepted everything that Melbourne were putting in place. He was great for you. 94 in Dream Team and Fantasy, 152 in Super Coach. Then it was their midfielders that dominated and set up the game gaff and Shoey tons across the format exactly what you'd hoped even in a shortened game time they gave you exactly around their average points across the formats and you would have been very very happy if you went unique with gaff well done he was spectacular if you went with unique with Shoey, well done he was spectacular that was the round of footy that we got crazy to think hey what a week it is and now We wait the long gap between now and round two. What does that mean for us? Are we going to overreact to the trends we saw? Maybe we should. Maybe we shouldn't. It was such a unique round. Yes, the shortened game time was a factor. But also, players were knowing and being managed differently by their, their clubs in terms of their roles and positions, half pretending and protecting for multiple games in the next week or two, which now has not happened. We saw players going a little bit slower and not as intense as we would normally expect, knowing that either preparing for shortened and um, multiple games or not even wanting to get hurt or injured. It, it was a unique game. How much should we or could we read into it? is largely just pure speculation. This year is a year that I have never seen and the game has never seen, and nobody really knows how it works, with one exception. We know clearly the weighting of scoring and um, for Supercoach is so drastic that even if the momentum moment you bring to a game is only for 10, 15 minutes of real time, it's being heightened more and more. And so players that are high-impact players, players that are good users, win contested possessions, are efficient and effective with their ball use, they're more than ever before going to deliver high premium numbers and should be targeted. So what can we expect between now and round two from the Coaches Panel? Well, there'll still be plenty of content rolling through Coaches TV shortly. A break-evens article will be up on the website for you to go to check out. And some other articles constantly flipping through there. Some other podcasts from me and the rest of the Coaches Panel will keep drip-feeding them through. Um, even though some of them are in, uh, like you, more self-isolation working from home, we're going to still keep giving you content that's very fantasy footy-friendly related. So that's what we're going to do. But for our Patreons, we've got something special for you. We appreciate your financial support. We understand that for some of you, uh, or for many of you, that will change throughout this gap. And we totally get that and totally appreciate that. Um, but what we are going to do for every single Patreon that's hanging around, keeping making sure you get every single one of your regular rewards, we're going to give you something extra. In the preseason, I do a 50 most relevant. Counting you down who are the most relevant players. From 50 through to 1 for the upcoming season. What we're going to give you is articles and some podcasts. Even if it's just me having a conversation with you, we'll get it. Where I'm going to give you who I believe are the 50 most relevant players in a keeper league from now. Telling you who they are, why I think they're in that position, ranking them, talking you through the processes. And one of the great things that you might be able to do in this gap between now and round two is start a keeper league. Start that, because it's a great, fun way. It's not really dependent on footy at the moment. Getting involved in that list analysis Perspective. That's where a lot of the content for Patreons is going to be coming through there is a lot of Keeper League work. We know there are some podcasts that specialize in that, whether it be drafts uh, or Keeper League content um, especially. They do some great stuff. Encourage you to keep listening to those podcasts too if they're going to be rolling through. But it's what we're going to, as an additional reward um, for every Patreon, we're going to be able to bring you that content. But what it'll also help you do, even if you don't do Keeper League's is understand a little bit more of the psychology and the process that myself um, and other members of the coaches panel, how we research players, how we break out, what algorithms we're looking for, how we analysis, is that even the proper word? So talking for 36 minutes straight you're going to say something dumb uh, how we analyze um, bits of um, data and research so you're going to get even more behind the scenes access to how we process a fantasy football and a whole heap of other content so for Patreons that's coming for you that's starting within the next week and if you want to join in on that uh, you can enter in at any level you wish to support the coaches panel and you'll get that knowing full well that as people, um, you know, battle levels of employment and income, if you need to drop away, that's fine. We'll still find ways to get content to every um, current and uh, most recently uh, finished up Patreon because we so appreciate your support um, helping us do what we do for you every single week. If life has been difficult for you with your family, uh, we're certainly thinking of you and we're here to talk footy with you knowing that one of the reasons we love fantasy footy is it provides an escape for us. Um, And you're going to need that at this point in life at the moment as we go into isolation more um, by need or by choice um probably more the former than the latter as it gets further and further throughout the days and weeks um the coaches panel's here for you to just chat fantasy footy just to have some fun with you but definitely um places like lifeline if you are struggling up with your mental health um please reach out if you do need some um practical support um we'll try to help keep you in touch with people as well reach out we're doing everything we can to help support you even though we're uh predominantly connected with you via fantasy footy here at the coaches panel we're thinking of you we're um, supporting you as best we can we're praying for you um absolutely doing everything we can um to encourage and support you to get through this next season of life that is unprecedented for all of us good luck my friends Plenty to sit on between now and round two and still plenty of content coming from me and other members of the coaches panel. Until another time, we'll see you soon.